Hello, everybody! Welcome to the Parkscope end of year festivities extravaganza, starring me, Joe, your lovely host. Joining us also tonight will be Sean, maybe? I don't know. It's one of those things when you have kids, when you say you can do something at 8, and it becomes 8.30, and they're still, like, not asleep or something. I don't know. This is what I've been told. Uh, But we do have a special guest with us tonight, joining us from California. Yeah, there we go. That's it. Uh, You remember him from all the Star Wars stuff we talk about. It's David Dowd. (laughs) David, how are you doing? Hello, hello. I'm doing pretty, pretty okay, all things considered. Joe, how about you? I'm okay. I... Went to a, I saw two friends last night in a very appropriately socially distanced birthday party. Oh, excellent. (laughs) And we uh, drank and I've been cutting back on my drinking. So I'm not feeling 100% today because it turns (laughs) out I cannot party drink anymore like I used to. Um, So that's where I am with my life. Uh, and funny what a year at home will do to you. Yeah. Also like, so at work we are, um, we have Christmas and Christmas Eve off and then New Year's Eve and New Year's day off we get off. Um, so this year I took three days off thinking I'd, you know, travel to go to Columbus or whatever, see my parents. Well, none Mm -hmm. of that happened. So I've basically lost control of time, excuse me, control of time. I have no concept of it. I'm still in my PJs from this morning. It's currently 8 o'clock at night. I haven't showered yet. Probably shower after this. Um, I've just kind of lost track of everything. I don't know. I have dinner at like 4 o'clock or maybe 7. I don't know. So it's it's really kind of bizarre. Um, I'm just kind of... Yeah, I'm totally lost. I don't know what's going on. This is... I'm... It's... Yeah. No, my, my sense of time has also been a bit off let's say all year but especially this past week uh like i i only know that it's wednesday today because we made an appointment to do this podcast yeah. otherwise i couldn't tell you what day of the week it was yeah it, i like but also like we you mentioned wednesday yesterday and i'm like what day is it today what when is that is that like <laughs> is that like 4 days from now is it like yesterday cuz it feels literally like Christmas was just two days ago. So yeah. I'm like, okay, well, I got the whole weekend. I'm like, wait, what? No, it's Wednesday now? This is insane. <laughs> oh, man. So um, we're going to do something a little different with this podcast, but let's start off. Well, we're going to talk about our, our fa- oh, Haunted Doll Watch. We got Haunted Doll Watch. We've got a, a Captain EO Watch. Captain EO uh, Watch going off. So, uh, so Justin, uh, would you like to read us uh, the Captain EO Watch? Yes. So, uh, breaking news, uh, in in one of the film preservation forums I follow, this uh, just came up, an eBay listing, uh, Michael Jackson, Captain EO, parentheses, original motion picture reel, uh, 4-16K HDR 3D, uh, condition very good, for the low, low price of $500,000. Supposedly, this is... uh, an untouched reel that was kept and taken good care of in quotes for decades, uh, left over from its production in 1986. I am fascinated by this because, uh, you know, 
as, as far as we know, there were only ever the the handful of prints that were made for the parks that were used in the parks. And, you know, this wasn't something that was uh, distributed to theaters or they'd, there'd be a bunch of extra prints lying around. Mm-hmm. And so not only is is it does it appear to be not one of those, but it appears to be one from the original production in 1986. Uh, very, very interesting. Um I mean, you know, I'm certainly not going to be getting my hands on it. I am just a, a few few thousand dollars shy of five hundred. At that, at that 000. affordable price, you can pick up two of them. Yeah, no kidding. Um, but hey, if uh, any Parkscope listeners have extra deep pockets and want to pick this up, uh, shoot me a DM. Uh, I can get you in touch with some people who might be able to scan the thing. Um, but. Uh, other than that, that's going to be the extent of my contributions on this one. But yeah, and and Joe, you you, you had a theory on on what this could be. Um, if you wanted to get into that a little bit, yeah. So this went up on. I, 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 it doesn't. Let me see. Um, this went up in October, middle of October, and that's like that, normally it would have been like okay, well, whatever, you know. But I remember seeing a news story recently, and it's that Neverland Ranch was sold recently um, to a new owner. Um, basically, they put um, the ranch on um, uh, on sale in 2015, and then they started ba- basically bouncing around. Um, the, uh, they tried to sell this place, and it's been bouncing around, and they actually pulled it off market for a while. And what happened is um, just recently, like uh, this is a Yahoo Movies article from Christmas Eve of this year uh, that says uh, Ron Burkle, a billionaire. We need more of those, as you know. Um, Of course. uh, Basically um, bought the Neverland Ranch for $22 million. So I'm wondering if there's like some sort of weird – kind of like part of this sale or part of trying to recoup money from this was um it was somehow like auctioning off stuff or selling things i'm not really sure um so my thought is like maybe they've been trying to liquidate some of the more of uh of jackson's personal stuff Mm -hmm. um and that this may have been from his like personal collection and it just ended up in this mj trader fan Trade fan, I'm sorry, account, um, or or something like that. Um, that's the only thing I could think of is because, like, how uh, how else would this get out besides yeah. Michael Jackson asking for his own print? Yeah, th- this has got to be whether it's whether it's Michael Jackson's or someone else involved in the production. This has got to be somebody's personal print of it because I can't imagine that. Uh, you know, th- this this isn't uh, a buzzy situation where where some <laughs> somebody uh, nicked it from backstage or whatever. Um, th- this this really seems like it was something that was in somebody's private collection that is now going up for auction. Um, and this this account also they've been around since 2010, um, but they they only have two listings right now. The other one is apparently original studio masters for Michael Jackson's dangerous album. So, you know, uh, again, if anybody, if any, 
any Parkscope listeners have uh, a spare million dollars lying around, you can uh, pick up some late Christmas uh, off of this account here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sean. Is Sean. Wait, I think Sean's on. Sean's on. Yeah, I'm here. Cool. Hey, Sean. <laughs> hey, guys. How's it going? We're talking about a uh, half a million dollar print of Captain Neo that's on eBay. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> Want to pick one up? That's certainly a way to spend spend your money. <laughs> but yeah, so it, it's just such a weird story. We feel like we had to cover it. So, um, yeah, that's your uh, your theme park update moment minute thing. There you go. Oh, the big news is Yoshi leaked. That's true too. Uh, David, <laughs> did you see the video of Yoshi? I. I did not see it. Well, I saw that people posted it, but I have not watched it yet. I'm I'm still trying to decide whether I want to uh, spoil myself on it yet. But uh, I I'm very excited. I mean, all the Nintendo stuff looks amazing. The that whole uh, Nintendo Direct presentation. What was that? A couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Like just phenomenal. That was really cool. And I um, and, and I think uh, one of my favorite parts about the Yoshi ride is they actually have the Yoshi story song in it. Mm. So nice. yeah, the music it, it looks it it's like a cute kidsy version of the TTA, but with more like animatronics and show scenes and stuff. That's great. Yeah, it looks it looks really nice. It's nothing that like anyone's gonna rave about, but it looks like a nice little ride. Well, I mean, I think it it you know it, it's a solid. Uh, you've got your you know obviously big showstopper with uh, Mario Kart, and to have uh, you know. A solid uh, sort of secondary attraction that is all ages probably won't have a height requirement. Although with no, it uh, does. Oh yeah, because it, it's it's, it's the same as slot, right? Yeah. Which you know, I get it, but whatever. Any either way, I, it'll be fun and it'll be a nice uh, way to round out that area. I think it's the kind of ride that Universal doesn't have enough of. Totally. They've kind of always given up on because they're like, we just want like the big ones, you know, man. <laughs> like It's the kind of ride that I feel like Diagon Alley really needs. Mm, yeah, I could. I totally agree with you there. Yeah. It's like a little little something small that's cute and doesn't, you know, blow every, blow you away. But it's like it's something else to do. Yeah, it's it's the reason why I'm still incredibly bummed that uh, the. Uh, the the Bantha ride got cut from uh, Galaxy's Edge, like yeah. just would have been a great way to round out that whole experience. I still, and I know this is like not what we're supposed to be talking about tonight. But what was that ride going to be? <laughs> I so I don't know a hundred percent. What I have sort of been able to gather is it was gonna be like a a people mover type ride you know just uh not necessarily have any show scenes but it would have been uh an elevated track around sort of the outside perimeter of the land and it would have gone between the outpost and the resistance base and i'm not sure if there would have been uh two load stations or not um that's always been a little bit unclear to me um like if you would have been able to use it as actual transportation between the two sides of the land um the world's most inefficient transportation (laughs) right right it's like the animal kingdom boats totally (sighs) that's interesting okay because that uh, yeah i know i know people were like oh it was gonna be like a tta but i'm like 
where would that even go? So it it would have <laughs> the the main load station would have been like where the uh, tie the tie echelon is in the uh, in the outpost. Okay. Interesting. Because if you if you look at some of like the the earlier concept art, the the tie echelon isn't there, and there's uh, in like some of the early blueprints and stuff like that. There's a, a load station for a ride. Interesting. Okay. Hmm. The more you know. Do you think there would have been a reference to uh, paging Tom Morrow? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. That'd have been uh, great. It just would have had uh, more apostrophes because it's Star Wars. Wasn't there a George Lucas call out in New Tomorrowland at some point? I don't know about New Tomorrowland. Obviously, the original version of uh, Star Tours, they page. Uh, Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Rogue Sekul, which is yeah. that's what that's exactly what it is. That's, yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. That's the good stuff. Uh, All righty. So <laughs> this is a weird one. This is like our Christmas special. This is our year end fun times because God damn it. We needed it after this year. Um, this kind of started as a weird Twitter thread between Danny and David. And then I was like, oh, I, I want to talk about it, too. And then we expanded it. So basically, what we just want to do is talk about like some of our favorite like media we consumed this year. So movies, television, video games, books, music. Pretty much like, you know, if we if it's something new to us that we experience, I think it'd be cool to talk about. It doesn't have to come out this year. Um Although a lot of the stuff did. Um, but just kind of talking about some of our favorite stuff and kind of, uh, uh, you know, just, you know, mentioning why we like it and giving reasons uh, why we think other people should check it out. So let's uh, start off with um, David. David, do you want to bring up something? Because I think what we'll just do is kind of do a round robin of we'll each bring up something. Are you know, we maybe- doing uh, like... Are- <laughs> Like, just bring up anything, or should we do, like, movies, then do something else, then do something else? Or? I'm I'm thinking anything, just because gotcha. I think it would be fun to just kind of transfer through everything and be like, hey, if we don't, ha- if we don't have any, you know, music examples, you know, you can just do whatever, you know? Yeah, because I'm going to tell you right now, I don't have anything for music. <laughs> yeah, I figured. <laughs> um, yeah, so David, uh, so we'll just kind of go through through the list and discuss things, and, you know, we'll go over three or four things each, maybe five, I don't know, we'll figure it out. Uh, depending on if we have copies, uh, which I'm pretty sure gotta, we, we will. I got to pare my list down. Oh, we'll be fine. Don't worry, Sean. <laughs> and um, just have a good time. So, hey, th- this this wouldn't be the uh, this wouldn't be the only three hour episode in November, <laughs> or, uh, in this uh, holiday season. Yeah. So uh, yeah. So uh, David, do you want to start off? Uh, I mean, I feel like we should start with the impetus for this podcast, yes. as you uh, alluded to. This was going to be the uh, Ted Lasso cast uh, until we we kind of expanded the criteria a little bit. But let's talk about Ted Lasso. Yes, Ted Lasso is phenomenal. Like I, it feels like there's not a lot of people watching it because not a lot of people have. Uh, not a lot of people are watching Apple TV Plus. Um, I, I I haven't watched it yet, and I I get that. Like right, it's like oh, it, it's it's an Apple thing. It feels like especially if you're not in the whole quote unquote Apple ecosystem or whatever. Like it feels weird to join an Apple streaming service, but like there's some really good stuff on there, and not the least of which is Ted Lasso. Uh, mm-hmm. It's 
it feels like sort of the latest uh, in the vein of... It, it's not a Michael Shore production, but it, it feels like the latest in the vein of, like, oh. uh, The Good Place or Parks and Rec or, or stuff like that. It, it, it's very much got that sort of heart and energy to it, and it's just so, so good. Uh, it, it's... It's based weirdly on these uh, series of commercials that uh, NBC Sports ran uh, when they were. I'm so they, not. So into they sports. acquired the Premier League license for right. the United States. So they so they worked with uh, Sudeikis and like another comedian to bring this character that I think was like a stand-up character they brought up once in a while, and bring him in to do like. A promotional shots as like a new American uh, uh, coach for Tottenham Hotspur. Right. Okay. It, the, the, I the, thought the, it was. I gag. thought it was crazy because I was like, wasn't that like commercials or yes, something like that? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. The whole the whole joke is it's an American football coach uh, teaching uh, a European football team, um, and and very much in the kind of um, um, uh, you know like inspirational kind of like coach kind of thing like uh like, like miracle like, like kind of like miracle um god what was the um what, who's the ucla basketball coach that was like really famous I'm, I'm blanking on his name but he was kind of like an inspiration you know like like the kinds of like coaches that would write books and like improve men like that gotcha. kind of thing where it's like i might not know a lot about this uh here soccer y'all have but you know i know how to make good men you know that kind of thing yeah, but the the thing that works so well about the show, and, and as I mentioned like a minute ago, I'm not hugely into sports. I mean, definitely, like the extent of uh, my sporting interest is I will watch the Super Bowl every year because <laughs> you're legally obligated to as an American, and uh, I if the the Cardinals are in the World Series, I will uh, tune in to watch that. But otherwise. Uh, I just there's there's other things that I spend my time <laughs> on, um, but what makes it work just as a show, aside from being you know a sports show, is the and what sets it apart even from the the commercials it's based on is the character of Ted Lasso is this very sort of uh, Paddington esque uh, <laughs> Jimmy Stewart in It's a Wonderful Life style figure who is just relentlessly optimistic uh and you know he's he's in the situation where he's clearly out of his depth but he it's one of those uh sort of classic superman style stories where it's uh the a cynical world is is sort of forced to change by the uh the, the presence of somebody with such a good natured soul and it's just so so heartwarming and so enjoyable and, and especially in a year as miserable as 2020 <laughs> has been uh just so so good and the characters are all great and it, it I, I saw somebody uh put it as sort of an example of how you can tell a, a good story with good dramatic stakes without having a lot of 
ugliness or nastiness or people, you know, uh, with characters who are genuinely good and still have, you know, stakes and drama and all the stuff that you need to make a story work. It's just, it's great. And I... That sounds like exactly what I'm looking... I, I will look for because, like, I'm so sick of... I feel like every Netflix show or almost every Netflix show... Like, 90% of the drama is just the characters being dicks to each other the entire yeah. time. And it's like, I, I remember I started last year, I, wa- I watched, like, the first half of Umbrella Academy. Because I'm like, mm. oh, that sounds like it right up my alley. And it's just like, oh, my God, why is everybody just terrible to each other the entire time? Like, if everyone just wasn't a complete dick bag to each other, this could yeah. all get... Ra- like, it, it's why I feel like a lot of streaming shows are, like four episodes too long yeah and this one is this one is perfect like just the right length like i i ended the season and i rarely i very rarely rewatch tv shows like maybe years later i'll go back and revisit something but i'm not the kind of person who will watch a show you know over and over and over again but this was one of the rare shows where i ended the first season i'm like man i want to go back and watch the whole thing again right away it's just it's so good I actually so I watched I binged it this fall and I loved it so much I started like like talking to people about it and like you guys need to watch it so I convinced my buddy Felipe to watch it and we ended up staying up till 4 a.m. watching the <laughs> watching Ted Lasso like I was just like drinking and like we were talking and like we were just texting through the the whole show he loved it and my big refrain with it is that this is like a show with adult relationships like, it's not like, as you were bringing up, Sean, it's not like everyone's a dick and that's what's the main, you know, progress where it's sort of like, it feels like every character's stuck being an 18-year-old. Like, they're all complicated people. Even the villains are complicated people who aren't necessarily total, like, dick bags the whole time. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> it's just a really complex show that deals with, like, like complex issues. And, like, as we're talking about Ted himself... You know, it makes it sound like he's some sort of, like, saint or, like, heavenly figure. But, like, he makes mistakes. He, yeah. you know, he loses his temper. He loses his cool. He, you know, he goes off on some people. But, you know, guess what? Instead of making it a, a you know, a, a, you know, a big deal for an episode, like, literally the next scene is him apologizing and them moving on. Like, it's a very adult show. It, it's It's wonderful. And it's kind of how an adult show should be adult and not, like, just you know, violence, gore, and, and, you know, nudity and profanity and stuff. But to talk about profanity, this show embraces the British profanity like nobody else. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is, it, it is definitely <clears throat> not uh, not a children's show. It, it is, uh, it, it, it's relentlessly optimistic, but it is definitely... Expect the C word a lot. <laughs> um, it's, it's, yeah, it, but it's also a love letter to Britain in a, way, a weird way, where it's just... It's it's so weirdly specific about all this British British uh, Britishisms and stuff that it's just kind of this really it's a fish out of water in in many ways and also so it's so weird and wonderful and it's great it's fantastic Ted Lasso is wonderful mm-hmm. um, and I, uh, just just real quick while we're mm-hmm. on uh, Ted Lasso I'm going to do my quick plug for Apple TV Plus I am. Full disclosure, I am not uh, 
getting I'm not employed by Apple. I am not uh, getting any <laughs> kickbacks from this. I just think that uh, there's a lot of good stuff on Apple uh, TV Plus right now. Uh, Ted Lasso, obviously, which we've just talked about, but also uh, Wolf Walkers, the new Cartoon Saloon movie, which is an Irish animation studio, is tremendous. Oh, it's that's really, where that really is. Good. Um, okay. Everyone was talking about that, and I couldn't find it anywhere. Now I now I know why. Yeah, that's it's uh, Apple TV Plus. Um, also, uh, Servants. The uh, it, it's sort of like a gently spooky uh, thriller show. Uh, that M Night Shyamalan. Shyamalan right uh, yeah, he, he executive produced and directed the first episode. Uh, that's a lot of fun, and that's coming back for a second season next month. That I'm really excited for. That's on Apple TV Plus, uh, and also. Um, there was one other thing that uh, I, I really liked uh, that I watched recently. I can't think of it right now, but there, there's some there's some good stuff, and like especially I'm waiting for uh, Foundation to sign up for that. Oh yeah, yeah, I can see that. I love those books, so. But no, there's uh, if you've been, you know, if you're like not in the whole Apple thing, and you know don't uh it's not your first choice i totally get that but like at this point i kind of i've watched more stuff on apple tv this year than i've watched on netflix so just just my quick plug yeah and, and also like if you bought a new iphone last year you still have the um uh the, the free subscription so that's that's always an option to remember for people um yeah ted lasso it's wonderful highly recommend it um there's a lot of good stuff out there uh, like like interviews and stuff on it, so I'd highly recommend uh, everyone go out and check it out. So, uh, Sean, uh, what what do you want to bring up as one of your favorite things this year? Well, we can it can we, I, I can go with something that's like very similar in my opinion. Sure thing, go for it. Similar, uh, Shit's Creek. <laughs> yes, um, we we started watching that probably. I guess we watched like the the how many seasons are there? Six, six, yeah. So we watched the first five seasons probably in March mm-hmm. in like the span of a few weeks. Um, my wife's parents actually recommended it to us. Um, and I felt like at least like the first few, I, I, it's similar to how I feel about um, Parks and Rec. The first few episodes I feel like are not representative of the rest of this, the series. Mm-hmm. Um because I, you know, I, I mean, obviously they kind of have to be that way to, for them to grow. But like the main characters are kind of those dicks that I, I, I don't like. <laughs> but then they, they very quickly become you, you see like the, the heart and soul start to come out and it very quickly becomes like just a, a warm hug of a TV show. That's mm-hmm. also very funny. Um, so, yeah, we, we loved that. Um, we like marked down the days to when the new season came or the last season came to Netflix. And we watched that like we almost like slow rolled it on purpose because we didn't want it to end. Um, but yeah, I, I really loved it. Yeah. I also got in the Shits Creek this year and fan- absolutely fantastic show. And it's, just, it's also, I, I mean, it, I like the first season of it. Um, and I understand like how a lot of oh, people no, probably I, were turned I like off, it, but I thought the first two or three episodes were a little, little rough. Yeah. It really finds, I think itself at the end of season two a lot, um, yeah. during like when, like they're at the party. So yeah. it, it, it's, it's a lot of that. Um, but yeah, 
it's just a it's a wonder wonderful show and uh i just i i absolutely adore it and it's written really well and um yeah it's just it's just wonderful uh david have you seen schitt's creek i have not i've been uh it's recently been one that i've felt compelled to check out but i've not uh jumped in yet i i watched sort of uh i, I what you you must have burned through that in like a week it seems like <laughs> <laughs> yeah i did <clears throat> but I, I watched uh, I watched your arc with it, and I, I saw uh, Justin McElroy's arc uh, with watching <laughs> yeah. it. And, uh, so, so definitely one I want to check out. The shit apocalypse. Um, <laughs> uh, wh- where's that one streaming? That's Netflix. on Netflix. Netflix. Okay, I will have to check that out uh, sometime in the new year. Um, also, they have a like an hour long documentary of like the last season yeah. and like all the media coverage, and. They had a lot of good, a lot of good stuff in there. Um, they also might probably, definitely the funniest moment of that special is when they went to DC, and they went to a drag bar and they did the Night of a Thousand Moiras, and it's just a bunch of drag queens dressed up as in, in Moira's different outfits, and it's just wonderful, um, absolutely wonderful. With Moira being the uh, Kathleen O'Hare character um, mm. from the show, so it's just. Uh, it, yeah, it's 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 hysterical. It's it's wonderful. So Shit's nice. Creek. <clears throat> so, man, you guys took two of my uh, big things on my lists. So <laughs> I'm totally screwed right now. Um, let's. I'm trying to th- like so for games for me because I'll, I'll I'll dive really quick into a game. Like I mean the the classic one for me is Persona Five Royal because I'm just that kind of fan. I'm a weeb oh, like God. that. Oh, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I'm like, they're like re release with new characters and a story arc. Of course, I'm going to play it. So, like, yeah, but it's already something I've talked a bunch about and we already know, like, everything about it. So, like, if you haven't right. played I've it. I've bought, like, eight versions of Ocarina of Time over my life. <clears throat> oh, that's so. true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, like, Royal comes with my recommendation. Um, Animal Crossing, uh, I got into it for a while, but I kind of fell off. It just never really hooked me. Well. I don't think it hooked a lot of people, actually. I mean, there's only so much to do. Yeah. And a lot of people just tried to, um, like, just burn through all the content as quickly as, excuse me, as quickly as possible. And it just kind of ruined, ruined the game and the slow burn that, uh, that it's supposed to be. Um, but I, so uh, some of the games I'm actually playing right now that, I'm, that, that are interesting, um, one is um, 13, 13 Sentinels Aegis Rim. Which is a uh, which is a, a a very complicated interwoven story, and it, it's such a weird weird game. It's by um, Vanillaware, which does a bunch of like you know once a generation games for like PlayStation. But this game is so weird because it's part like story that just unravels and unfolds between thirteen different characters. And, like, it's so weird and bizarre and there's time travel, but it's also very uh, – a captivating story so far. Then there's a, like, mech assault tower defense game (laughs) as one of the other parts. And then another part is, like, unlocking and connecting all these desperate elements in the story through, like, almost like an encyclopedia, Wikipedia kind of thing. It is totally bizarre and, like, and unlike anything else I played, but I become really hooked on it. So – it's it's really really bizarre. It's on the it's on the PlayStation Four. Um, it's very anime, so obviously it's that's going to put some people off to begin oh with. Oh my god, Joe! Of course, <laughs> but 
but it, but it also kind of plays around with um like memories and like like how we interact with media in a in a weird way. This is the most Japanese thing I've oh, ever seen. Oh, hell life. yeah. Hell yeah it is. There's just a there is a white-haired schoolgirl standing in front of a giant mechanized armor suit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> of course. So, um I think Chris Plant um at Polygon wrote up a good article on the game. And basically and he touched on the whole entire uh like media media critique and consumption angle and um I just think it's a really interesting um, angle for the game, and it's just one that like it feels like a lot of people who play it fall in love with it. But it's just it's so under, so under the radar. It love just, this fan art where all the all the guys in the I don't even know if it's fan art. It might be official art, but every male character is in like military uniform. Every <laughs> female character is in schoolgirl skirt or booty shorts. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's anime as hell, but it's still it's very interesting. So that's that's kind of my, my I guess those are my two recommendations for games. Um, Cause I just been kind of it's been a weird year for games for me. I haven't really done too much. Um, I, I haven't really found anything that really clicked with me this year. Um, so it's been kind of a weird year for games. But anyway, David, what's uh what's another one on your list? Um. Let's see. So uh, I've got a got a bunch of stuff I could talk uh, I could touch on real quick. Um, there's uh, there's been a few new Star Trek shows, but the best one by far has been the uh, the animated one, Lower yeah. Decks. Yeah, mm-hmm. very very fun. Very weirdly does a better job than almost anything else i've seen sort of marrying the the spirit of both the original series with uh the next generation so like if you're into star trek definitely check that out um i'm not even huge into star trek and i really liked it i was a big fan of uh the new taylor swift album well the first of the new taylor swift albums (laughs) i haven't listened to evermore uh really in detail yet so I, I can't speak on that one a whole lot but folklore is great and mm-hmm. i i was somebody who was a big taylor swift fan uh back around like uh uh fearless and speak now and kind of fell out of uh being a fan with uh like 1989 and reputation and all that but folklore pulled me back in in a big way it's just a really really good really mature piece of art uh that i i really dug um and also uh this is a little bit of a weird one but the uh everybody on earth should watch the uh nick let's go series of videos on youtube uh (laughs) uh, you if you're on twitter at all you chances are you've probably already seen the uh theme for spirit halloween and the sequel to the theme for spirit halloween but uh there are a number of these sort of song videos that he he've he's done that uh, have this larger meta narrative sort of weaving through <laughs> them. It, it's it's weird and it's funny and it's bizarre and I'm super into it. Uh, so so definitely check those out. Awesome. Uh... Yeah, so Sean, what's uh, what what would you, what's next on your list? I can do some quick hitters like that too. Yeah, let's do um, some quick hits. Uh, YouTube wise, um, how to drink. I've mm-hmm. gotten really into that. Um, mm-hmm. 
so much so that I've gotten. I tried um, to get him on the show, by the way. So <laughs> I know we should try that again. Um, I've gotten I got a uh, like a drink mixing kit from my mom for uh, Christmas. Um, so that was my big my Christmas gift from her. Uh, I haven't gotten a, I, I still need to kind of like stock my bar, especially with, um, you know, like. Bitters alcohol. And, well, <laughs> I actually have a decent amount of alcohol. It's more like the mixers, the bitters, the the vermouths, that kind of stuff. Um, but it's it's definitely opened my eyes to like, okay, I'm gonna start actually making the drinks that I like when I go on vacation and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and to kind of go hand in hand with that, I got uh, he he recommends a book on tiki uh, called Smuggler's Cove. And mm-hmm. it's written by uh, the people who own Smuggler's Cove. It's a tiki bar in San Francisco, but um, it's a, it's an incredible book, really. If, if you if you like me and Joe love the the tiki stuff, um, over a hundred recipes, uh, like chap, uh, uh, like you know, dozens of pages explaining rums and what rums you should get to stock your tiki bar. Like what and, what they mean by like column distilled from jamaica and they give you examples so you can go like oh okay that's what i need to get as opposed to just being these random things you have no idea about they recommend you have if to make all the almost all the drinks in the book there's eight categories of rum so you need one bottle from each and then like each recipe will have like the the number of the category to go with that so it's it's very helpful and gives a whole history of the of of uh tiki and how it started, its decline in the eighties, you know, seventies and eighties, and kind of the revival going on now. Um, it's really interesting, and similar to that, uh, that how to drink on YouTube. Um, I, I think I may have started watching binging with Babish last year, but um, this year I've really since you know obviously we're not going anywhere. I've um, started to do a lot more recipes from him. Mm. Um, so I've, I've definitely gotten into cooking a lot more this year and, um, binging with Babish is great. He walks you through everything really well. And, um, the way he, the way he does the recipes without having his like face on the, I I think is actually very helpful because it's just showing you the food and what he's doing with his hands and stuff. Like there's no like cutaways to him trying to explain it to you. It's just, it's just all visual. Um, Hey, here's how you do this. Um, which I th- I thought was really helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've, I've started watching uh, some of his stuff uh, pretty much after uh, he brought uh, Sola onto mm-hmm. the channel. Because, um, you know, I was a big... I, I, I We were all Bon Appetit we fans. All, <laughs> yeah, I, I was very into the, the Bon Appetit stuff before that all imploded early on in... Uh, the pandemic um and so his his videos were one of those things that like showed up in my youtube recommendations a lot but never i never really watched um but then you know uh he brought sola onto the channel and i watched uh those videos and then has started watching some of his other stuff and yeah he's uh, definitely got good stuff i also appreciate that he's like not really a professional like he was never really trained or a professional or anything he just kind of started the show because he liked to cook mm-hmm. um and i i find you know not obviously he's much better than i am but i, I appreciate a layman trying to teach me than <laughs> a uh 
a chef who's on YouTube because they have to for their job. Totally. Mm-hmm. Nice. Uh, anything else, Sean, for the quick hits or? Um, no. The other thing I, I other things I, well, I'll just say I, uh, on the lines of uh, sci-fi TV, I really got into the Expanse. Um, mm. I love it. Uh, I, I started it once it popped up on, or I shouldn't say it once I noticed it popped up on Amazon, and I'm not caught up yet but i i really like it it's it's i don't want to say hard sci-fi because it, it definitely has some like alien magic for lack of a better term in it but um it feels very much uh, something that could you know theoretically happen with some theoretical physics thrown in mm-hmm. um and I, I i really i really like it it's very cool lots of good political intrigue and um yeah nice uh so some of the weird things that um i i I guess we could officially say that our podcast is now part of the mcelroy family of networks (laughs) um they they have consumed all media uh they they have everything in the world um highest grossing film of 2020 yes highest grossing film of 2020 (laughs) Truly, truly game changers there. Um, and I, so one of the, so uh, Justin had an old show with Dwight Slappy called uh, um, um, Things I Ate at Sheets. And it's this mm-hmm. very short, <laughs> very, very short series of, sh- of videos of, of them buying the worst things at Sheets. Um, and it it and, and it, there was like some some weird kind of things going on there. There's like a little bit of a meta narrative going on uh, <laughs> uh, too, um, but it, it, like it, it was so weird. Like they did like a whole spring break episode with like a really bad green screen in the back for like one of them. It was really crazy. Anyways, they're back with a new series called Taste of Luxury, and it's basically them doing the cheapest like luxury experience they could in Huntington, West Virginia, their hometown. <laughs> and it's and it's them walking around in fake velvet robes trying to be like international men of luxury. So they only released like five there's only have five episodes, but they had one on cruising, which they basically ru- like rent a pot tube boat. Um they try to get a private concert by the Rolling Stones, but end up like <laughs> but end up at a Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> um, they have a spa day, which is okay, but definitely the best one is uh, hunting, where they decide that they want to go hunt the uh, most elusive target of all, man. <laughs> so it's ju- it's Justin being like, "Hey, you want to kill a guy? Let's go!" And um, yeah, it's it's just imagine uh, Justin and Dwight running around the woods, like tripping over themselves trying to escape each other and it's it's just wonderful so i'd highly recommend uh taste of luxury they're all about like eight minutes long so i highly recommend them they're absolutely wonderful um they just god i don't know why but it's just it's just the funniest stuff in the world um <clears throat> that that sounds fun I, I watched the first one uh the mm-hmm. the cruising one but i haven't uh haven't jumped into the rest yet i'll have to give the rest a watch yeah, you got to watch the uh, the the hunting one. I would say is definitely the best one. So try that out. 
Um, let's see what else on. Since I feel like we're in a YouTube mood right now, um, I got into also got into um, how to drink. Also, uh, that's something uh, as I mentioned before. Like, hey, you know, we're doing that. Um, a lot of the stuff I've been carrying over from previous years, but I want to say I definitely want to give a shout out, uh, especially for this year. Um, more than any years is uh, is all the content on giantbomb.com. Um mm. they've been absolutely putting out an absurd amount of content this year. Um they went into quarantine and they started doing a lot of streams from home. But it was like just this past week they've done um videos on a farewell to Flash where they go back and play all the old Flash games that are no longer <laughs> going to be supported at the end of the year. Um they uh they did um, uh, Alex Navarro has been doing um, lockdown 2020 Weeby drumming. Uh, basically, he's just playing rock band with drums constantly and just like perfecting like all these songs. It's insane. Um, today, they just released absolutely one of my favorite videos of all time. Uh, the worst songs of the 90s where they listen to a bunch of the worst songs from the 90s and rank them from worst to best. Uh, they, they have like 30 songs. It's absolutely wonderful. Um, and probably one of my favorite uh, things they had this uh, year was Abby Russell, who left the show. But she did a, uh, a series called um, Fortnite with St. Vincent, where she uh, knew um, uh, the, uh, the, the singer-songwriter St. Vincent liked Fortnite and watched YouTube videos. So her goal was to name a YouTube series uh, Fortnite with St. Vincent so she could meet St. Vincent and play Fortnite with her. <laughs> and after 10 episodes, she got St. Vincent on the episode. <laughs> so nice. It's just the most absurd kind of stuff, and it's just wonderful. And it's, it's kind of um, – what's nice is that it's actually put, like, the year together for me. Like, in a way, like, everything feels like it's just spiraled out of control and just, like – like there's no you know everything's lost sense of time and space but like every tuesday and when and friday i get that podcast i know what i'm doing um yeah it's just wonderful and 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 great um so i highly recommend all the giant bomb stuff on uh, on their site and on their youtube channel um yeah that's my my two quick hits so david uh what's another uh, pick for you uh yeah so i'm i'm a big movie guy but weirdly I did not watch a ton of movies this year. Um, like I going into the uh, stay-at-home order, I thought, "Oh, I'm just going to be watching movies nonstop, catch up on all the movies that I, I haven't seen that I wanted to." Um, and weirdly, I found myself watching a lot more TV and uh, reading books and playing video games than watching movies, but. Uh, my favorite movie, so preface that with the fact that I have not seen a ton of movies this year, but my favorite movie I did see this year is probably uh, Palm Springs, uh, which released mm-hmm. on Hulu uh, this summer, I think. Um, really, really good. Uh, I'm sort of a sucker for Groundhog Day type uh, time loop stories anyway. Like, that's just my bag. Like, uh Groundhog Day obviously is the big one, but like Edge of Tomorrow and Happy Death Day. And like, I think uh, in the first season of Star Trek Discovery, they did a time loop episode, which was my favorite episode of that season. Uh, like, you do a time loop episode, I or you do a time loop story, and I'm there for that. But <laughs> what, uh, 
what sets Palm Springs apart uh, and what makes me think, what makes me really, really love it is it almost feels like a sequel to a movie that doesn't exist. It, it, uh, it understands that everybody in the world has seen Groundhog Day and doesn't need to go through all those same beats again. So it's able to sort of hit the ground running and say, okay, we've seen all the stuff that happens in Groundhog Day. What next? And uh, it's a great jumping off point for a story. And I, I don't want to spoil too much because it. I think the best way to enjoy it is to kind of go in without a lot of uh, extra knowledge about it. But just the way it takes this sort of basic premise that's been done a handful of times but really pushes it in an interesting new direction really appealed to me and i really liked it a lot um did did either of you guys uh check that one out this year no i don't have hulu i just stole my sister's login for hulu so i'll I'll have to check that out yeah definitely definitely (laughs) worth watching uh for sure also hulu's uh, hulu's also quietly done a bunch of movie acquisitions and like no one's really talking about it like that a uh, happiest season just came out so a, a lot of weird just movies popping up there yeah no that definitely uh a lot that uh has sort of quietly come to hulu lately um another movie i i really liked this year uh which i expected to like but i don't think i expected to like this much was uh Bill and Ted Face Music, which was hmm. so yes. good. Uh, like, Loved it. I, I, I'd i seen the original Bill and Ted, obviously, years ago. I'd never actually seen uh, uh, Bogus Bill Journey. and Ted's Bogus Journey uh, until this year. I watched it before Face the Music came out uh, and also liked that a lot. But Face the Music is just... It, it should not have been as good as it is. It, it's... Uh, the the way they bring these characters back, the way they uh, pay homage to the original stories, but also do something new with it and uh, bring a really timely story and theme into it, it just just so good. And if you haven't seen it, uh, definitely check it out. I think you can rent it or buy it uh, on uh, you know any of like the major. VOD services, Amazon, mm-hmm. Apple, Google, whatever. Uh, but definitely, definitely give that one a look if you haven't. Yeah, it's legitimately like it's to me. It's very similar to what how you explain Ted Lasso and how yeah. I feel about Shit's yeah, Creek. Exactly. It's very, it's very like much like the warm hug you needed in 2020. Well, I think mm-hmm. Shit's Creek and Ted Lasso in this movie, it feels like it's something they actually love. It's not yeah, just yeah. it's not just something that's like. Well, we're rebooting it, and everyone says they like it, but no, it, it feels like it's actually something that they are enjoying too. Yeah, and, and, no, it, I, and it feels palpable coming through the. The screen. daughters are so good in that. Oh yeah, <laughs> They're way too good. <laughs> was, and coincidentally, technically, my daughter's first movie. Oh, nice. She slept through it the entire time, but. <laughs> hey, counts for something. We went to a, a drive in or a drive in to see that. Yeah, I. I regret that I didn't go see it in a drive-in because it was playing at uh, a drive-in just outside of LA, um, but just never, never carved out the time to go do it. Did see uh, Knives Out at a drive-in uh, nice. 
earlier this year, but uh, unfortunately missed Bill and Ted. Mm-hmm. Nice. So, uh, Hashtag Sean? bring back Bill and Ted. Yeah. <laughs> so, Sean, what's your, uh, what's your pick? All right. Let's see. What should we go? Um, I'm going to do a pick that can kind of encompass three of my picks. Mm-hmm. So this is the year that I finally went full on nerd and started. Oh, as opposed to previous years. Okay. Yeah. Oh, it's well, this is <laughs> this is like the final step. This is like the final form. The Super Saiyan of, of full on nerd. Uh, have, have you uh, started LARPing, Sean? Uh, Dungeons and Dragons. OK. <laughs> no, I, th- that's a whole other thing. <laughs> LARPing is a little a little bit too much. <laughs> um but yeah I, I got into dungeons and dragons at the beginning of the year um on a slack group that i'm in oh nice and since uh recently started so my buddy who lives in san diego from high school got me and a bunch of our other high school friends we had ne- none of us had ever played before you know we're all in our 30s now um we just started a game last month and now I'm trying to start a game with him and a friend from San Diego and then a few of our other friends from high school. So I'm full on in. I bought all I bought the books and uh, I haven't bought any dice because now you can just do everything online. But, yeah, I'm I, I love it. I'm trying to get Joe to join join my game because <laughs> um, I think he would enjoy it. And to go along with that, I've gotten into the Adventure Zone which is the McElroy's. Oh um, my God. So yeah, good. So good. Um, are you done with, uh, like, are you done with balance yet? No. Okay. I'm only like halfway through. Okay. Um, and then I'm also watch some critical role stuff. Um, so Joe, I don't know if you know what critical role. Yeah. But. That's so, um, like Matt Mercer and those guys do that. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. the voice actors. And like, I like critical role a lot because they're all, they're all voice actors, um, doing it, but they, the thing I love about the adventure zone is it's like a hot hour, hour and a half in and out. Cause they edit out a lot of the stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but critical role is like, they, they just post their session. So it's like a three hour, like commitment. Um, so it's, it takes a lot longer to get through critical role than it does for the adventure zone. No joke. Um, uh, adventure zone. Like I've not, I've not played, uh, D and D really. I've David, this is your opportunity. I, I know I've, I've wanted <laughs> I, for a couple of years now. I actually, uh, inspired by listening to the, Inve- the adventure zone. Actually, I, uh, sort of outlined a campaign I wanted to di- do with a few friends. Um, but it just, never came together at a point where like we were all able to commit to like doing uh you know carving out time to do play sessions and whatever else um but the adventure zone for anybody who has not uh listened to it that that first major storyline the 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 balance arc as it it came to be known is just phenomenal it's it's no joke one of my favorite pieces of long-form storytelling in any medium so like uh film tv books whatever like it's top tier stuff it is so so good uh and i think that's still 
last time I checked, they're doing an animated series for Peacock. Yeah, they I are. I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. they are. No my no Bim Bam TV show season two, but they're doing Taz. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and like uh for people who are listening, the critical role ones, uh there are a lot of uh voice actors you would know from like video games and uh the like are uh in that. It's all voice actors doing um their D and D sessions. Like um the the uh Ashley Johnson, who's Ellie from The Last of Us. She's in that. Um, Laura Bailey, who's um, oh my god, why am I blanking on her name? Also from the new Last of Us, Abby um, from the newer Last of Us. She's in that. Um, and I guess I can talk about Last of Us while we're there. Last of Us Part Two is incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, easily one of my favorite games that I've ever played. Um, does really uh, audacious things with the storytelling that. I did not think they were going to make be able to pull off and they, they pulled it off. Um, so kudos to that, that team. But David, if you ever get that campaign going, I'm in. Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> um, no, I've been, been dying to play both of the last of us games. Uh, unfortunately don't own, uh, a recent, uh, PlayStation console. Uh, so have not been able to, get in on that but one of these days well and that's that's another they're bringing that to hbo oh interesting yeah with neil Druckmann, who's the the director of those games from naughty dog he's like show running it i think oh very interesting yeah one of the hopefully it turns out good yeah one of my favorite things from taz though um is the graphic novels are fantastic and they've been releasing one like they would take like each story line um and they would just put it into like one large large uh, graphic novel and um yeah they, they've done three of them so far and one of them came out this year and they've all been fantastic so yeah that, those that, have been a lot of fun yeah those are those are really good um lots and lots of fun anything else sean no everybody just needs to start playing D. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, um, so on my end, um, trying to think what I, I was gonna mention something, but I forgot what it was. So I was gonna go off of my um, my list I put on uh, inside Universal forums. Um, talk about an album real quick. Um, very much on my brand. Um, I've always liked Gorillas. Uh, just kind of the weird mismatch of of like a, you know a, a British pop plus all this type of world influence of music with like a weird kind of animated aspect and world building to it. It's always, it's always seemed kind of fun and doesn't take itself too seriously, but also like introduces you to a lot of awesome new artists in a weird way. Um, and this year what they did was something called song machine and they, uh, released it eventually as an album, but what they were doing was releasing one new single a month and with it, they built like this little world around the song, and they released a music video. They did interstitial bits um, with like with like characters and the and the um, singer songwriters they involved. They had art they released. Um, they just did a bunch of crazy fun stuff, and it's just so weird. And I loved it. And they had all these great songs come out. Um, one of my favorite songs this year is Desolé. 
and it um, features uh, Fetawatamara Diawarma, I believe that's how you pronounce it. My apologies. She's she's a uh, singer-songwriter from Somalia, and it's just this beautiful song that's almost like yacht rock in a way, but very mm. solemn. It, it's really hard to describe it, um, but it's just absolutely wonderful. And it, they have all these awesome music videos and everything, and I'd highly recommend at least searching some of them out depending on uh, who um, is involved with it. But the album has everyone from, like, the album has, like, JPEG Mafia to Elton John. They have Beck on there, Robert Smith, Peter Hook. But they also have, like, Slow Tie and Black and a bunch of other um, uh, 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 contributors, including St. Vincent, even. Um, <laughs> but it, it's just such a wild trip. And they did a live concert that combined, like, uh, augmented reality and all sorts of crazy stuff. And it's just super wild and weird and a lot of fun. So that that's kind of my pick is just uh, Gorilla Song Machine. It, it just kind of put me through the year and kind of like how um, uh, the Giant Bomb stuff releasing every, you know, week, you know, it's it, it felt good to have like you always knew once a month you get a new song and it just kind of pushed you through that quarantine stuff. So, yeah, that's uh, that's my pick. Um, David. What's what's uh, your next one? Um. Well, let's see. Well, Sean uh, just uh, confessed to uh, playing D anD D, so I guess I can confess to uh, I've been like Star Wars is one of those things where it it's it, it's nerdy and it's also the most popular thing in the world. Um, but like the 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 sort of point of no return uh, on that in terms of nerdiness is reading the books and heaven help me I've started oh, no. reading those. Uh, and this, this reminds me of uh, Brian David Gilbert's uh, reading all the oh, Halo novels. No, David, <laughs> what are you yeah, doing? No, I, I've I've gotten to that point. Um, okay, now I know. I, I need to know. I I read so many of them back in the day. I need to know what you've read. So I've I've not been reading a lot of the old uh, okay. expanded universe stuff. I've mostly been sticking to like the newer uh, quote unquote canon stuff. Mm. Uh, but you know, most of it is uh, in the range of you know pretty decent to not great. Uh, <laughs> but I've got to say, Claudia Gray, uh, she's written I think three full-length novels with a fourth one coming soon uh, for, for Star Wars. Um, and I've not read... No, I sorry. The four with a fifth one coming soon. Uh, I've read three of the four that are currently out, and they are just head and shoulders above everything else uh, in terms of the Star Wars books. Like, there, there's... It, in my sort of personal ranking of Star Wars books, there's like the... There's the ones that are pretty bad. There's the ones that are okay. There's the ones that are, like, actually really good for Star Wars books. And then there's the Claudia Gray books, which are, like, actually good fiction, period. Um, and uh, so I had read Lost Stars, which was the first one she wrote a couple years ago, um, which is this uh, this story that plays out uh, sort of in the margins of the original trilogy. It's this... Uh, this uh, pair of uh, pair of uh, it's almost like a, a Romeo and Juliet type uh, dynamic where you've got these uh, 
two friends who were uh, sort of from different social classes on this planet, and one ends up joining the Empire and the other joins the Rebellion, and it's the story that plays out in the margins of the original trilogy over a period of years, and it's actually really, really good. Um, and then the other one that is great is uh, called Bloodline, and it's set about like six years before The Force Awakens, I think. I, I um, actually read that one. Yeah, that one, that one is, in my mind, the the sequel trilogy is uh, Force Awakens, Last Jedi, and Bloodline. Let's just forget about <laughs> uh, Rise of Skywalker. Uh, I, can, I can part one of that trilogy. That. Uh, and that one is uh, sort of laying the groundwork for the uh, the the First Order, sort of splitting off from the New Republic and focuses on Leia as, uh, you know, sort of a, a major figure in the, the New Republic and this sort of conspiracy that's boiling up that she is starting to uncover. Um, and again, it's it's just really... It's weird that it never mentions her Jedi training. Yeah, I mean, it's... <laughs> you know, oh, boo. Uh, it, it's all frustrating. Um <laughs> But no, what, what makes the Claudia Gray stuff so good is that, uh, like, the some of the other books, they uh, focus a lot on, like, uh, on, like, battles and world building and stuff like that. And that can be really fun. But the Claudia Gray is really focused on, like, human drama and the, you know, emotional perspective of these characters. And so, yeah, it's... Uh, it it's Star Wars, but it also feels a a, a little bit elevated beyond that. It, it's it's not just uh, it, it's not just lore for nerds. It's like actually a well told story, which I, I really really dug. David, you're gonna make me read Star Wars books again, aren't you? <laughs> just plenty of great ones. Uh, there's some other stuff that's good too, but like if you're gonna. Like if you're gonna do it, the Claudia Gray ones are the ones that I can definitely recommend. Oh, it looks like she's writing one of the High Republic ones. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I also like Star Wars Squadrons, the the new uh, flight sim video game. Uh, was did, does that have like a decent single player? Yeah, it's actually. Uh, uh, so the single player is interesting. It's sort of like. I've heard people call it like a long form tutorial, which it sort of is, um, but it's 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 fun. I uh, have played through it uh, a couple times, um, but you know, it, it, I keep seeing it up for like twenty dollars, and I'm like, maybe for twenty dollars, I'll get it so I can just see what the single player is like. Yeah, because I won't play it online. It, it's. Uh, set sort of like right after Return of the Jedi with the, you know, sort of conflict between uh, the Empire and the Rebellion sort of winding down. Um, and, you know, you it, it trades off from the perspective of uh, a New Republic fighter and uh, an Imperial fighter. Uh, and, you know, it's nothing like hugely uh, revolutionary sure. in terms sure. of story, but like it's 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 fun, and the once you kind of get a feel for the the flight sim stuff, which I've never been like a huge flight sim pl- uh, player previously, but once you kind of get a the knack for it, it's a uh, it's a lot of fun. 
cool. Nice. I'll nice. check it out next time it's on sale. Awesome. Uh, so, Sean, what's uh, next on your list? Let's see. Um, well, since we're on books, I read a lot this year. I read 15 books, which is a lot for me. Um, I read the uh, Hamilton biography that mm. uh, Lou Miranda used to write the uh, musical. That was really good. Um, and since then, I've gotten two more biographies by Ron Chernow, who did that. Uh, I'm reading right now uh, Ulysses S. Grant, and I have the his Washington biography as well. Um, I read a lot of Stephen King this year. Um, King's actually like, I love The Dark Tower. The Dark Tower is possibly my favorite book series. Um, but I haven't read a lot of King's other stuff. Um, so I read The Shining this year. Um, Shining was obviously, it's a classic. Um, I read uh, Insomnia, which is, I, I, I want to say, one of King's like lesser known books. And it, it connects to The Dark Tower, incidentally. A lot of his stuff does like tangentially, but this is a little bit more connected than um, other ones. And Insomnia actually had me like in tears at the end of the book. So good job, Stephen. You got me. <laughs> um, and then I read... Uh, by uh, Ursula K. Le Guin, uh, The Left Hand of Darkness, which is like a seminal sci-fi book that is really good. Um, it's, a, it's a quick read. I think I finished it in like a few days. Um, but it's about... so like She has a um, kind of like a, a anthology of sci-fi books that are all connected tangentially um called the hanish cycle i believe um and it's about like earth kind of starts branching out and finds like other human civilizations across the the galaxy like there's no like straight up aliens everyone's just like kind of different humans um like apparently worlds were seeded with humans by who knows who at some point um and this one is about you know, someone from the main kind of like empire for lack of a better term, um, that sent out to like, I shouldn't say empire. It's more like a, a, like a big trade agreement between all the, all the, um, worlds where they kind of like the main hub trades technology for whatever the new hub has. And the people on this world are sexually fluid like they're like literally like physical sex changes like naturally like one cycle they'll be male one cycle they'll be female hmm. um and they're only like sexually active for, i think for like a month I, I forget exactly like in the year so it's it's very it's interesting like politically for this like normal human trying to navigate this this society that where like sex is kind of meaningless um biological sex not not like intimacy sex but um it's 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 interesting i would definitely recommend it huh mm-hmm. nice and what was that book called again the left hand of darkness uh, I'm, I'm 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 writing everything down in a 
iOS notes so I can have um uh so I can have a uh, good show notes. Awesome. Anything else uh books related, Sean? Um that's what I had down. I re- I reread the um Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. Um which I I mean I obviously have read before, um but I appreciate it a lot more this time. Like, <laughs> I've always loved the movies. The movies are. I've I've actually tweeted this. I think this week that I think the movies are like the best by far movie trilogy ever made, and I think all three movies are nearly as close to perfect as movies can be. Um, but the I really appreciate. I, I I probably read the actual series in high school. Yes. Um, and coming back to it, I really appreciated it a lot more. Yeah, it's been probably. <clears throat> close to a decade since I've read it and I just got uh for Christmas last year I got like a really nice illustrated edition uh that I've been meaning to crack open and read through but just haven't gotten around to yet. Yeah, my wife got me a really nice edition of the Hobbit for Christmas this year. Oh nice. Yeah. Awesome. I'm looking forward to in a few years reading that to my daughter. letting her her discover Lord of the Rings later because that is definitely something you need to read on your own yeah (laughs) (laughs) totally understand that um trying to think what else I want to bring up there's anything else um books I've also read a bunch of books this year um uh besides the adventure zone from before I was reading um Foxy Hose's um Boundless Realms uh, that's mm. one of the books I was reading. Um, I ha- I have a few things on my shelf. Um, there was um, what's the new Lindsay Ellis book? I, I started that, uh, but Axiom's yeah. End. Axiom's that End. That one's really good. Yeah, I I started it. I it kind of fell off, so I need to pick that one up again. I also got the new John Green book. Um, I forget when that one was called. Also, see, I'm just so bad at this. <laughs> um, uh, I'm googling it right now. Um. Yeah, what I I totally forget what his new latest book was. Holy crap! Um, yeah, I got uh, his latest book that just came out. Um, I, th- I think it was like part. It was like th- around the same time they were uh, all coming out. So I did that. Um, and then one of the books that I uh, been prophetizing, prophetizing. Yeah, I don't know how to pronounce it. Um, is a book called What If It's Us, which I just can't shut up about. Um, and it's a, uh, a young adult rom-com in New York. and it's But it's also not that, because it's not exactly what you expect in a weird way. And it, I mean that in a good way. Um, it, it basically is about uh, one weird summer where th- th- these two people who happen to meet and then just totally get separated in New York city. And it's a story about how they try to find each other again and about how, you know, life pulls them apart, but also keeps pushing them back together in weird ways and how, you know, you got to kind of make relationships work. And it's got this weird, bittersweet ending that is not what you expect from a rom-com kind of book. You know, you always expect them, you know, Oh yeah, they'll be, you know, together and happily ever after whatever. And this totally subverts it, and it's um, very sweet in a, in a wonderful way. And mm. I, I really recommend it, and I thought it was a lot of fun. And the audiobook's fantastic. Um, 
the book's written by two young adult authors, um, Becky Al- Alberetti. She did um, Love, Simon, um, um, the uh, the original book, and the uh, mm-hmm. that got turned into the movie. And then um, Adam Silvera, who's doing who's done a bunch of books, but it's like a bunch of like really sad books <laughs> is the best way to put it. It's really yeah. sad young adult books um, is the best way to put it about you know a lot about death and understanding yourself so you've got this like really sweet like you know like love simon author who writes one set of chapters and then this really sad doing the other set and they both kind of intermingle and take their own kind of like styles and stuff and messes around with them so it's just it's really fun and it's alternating viewpoints between the two characters so the uh, the audiobook is played by two different um, actors, so you're getting these two different perspectives, and it's just to- excuse me, totally different. Um, so I I really couldn't put that one down. I finished that in like three days or something crazy. Um, oh, nice. Yeah. So that, that that's my uh, my recommendation is uh, what if it's us? Um, fantastic book, and uh, it came out a few years ago, but the sequel's coming out next year. So I'm super excited for that one. That one's called uh, Here's to Us. So. Yeah, I'm 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 looking forward to that one. Oh, very cool. Yeah, uh, David, do you have uh, any? I, I think we may want to start wrapping this up before we are just here till like midnight talking about shit. <laughs> um, yeah, I think <clears throat> I, th- I think I've covered uh, most of the big ones I wanted to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, any, any small things you want to? We'll we'll, we'll kind of clean up and talk about, and then kind of uh, close up the shop. Uh sure. Um, I mean, very recent. Uh, it feels like everybody has probably already watched it, but uh, Soul, the new Pixar film, is great. Uh, I got around to watching uh, uh, the the Leftovers and uh, Watchmen uh, on HBO this year. Uh, both of those are great. Uh, and then uh, the. Brian David Gilbert and uh, Karen Han <laughs> stuff on YouTube uh, yes. continues to be great. And yes. <laughs> bummed that he's leaving Polygon, but really excited to see uh, what what he has up his sleeve uh, in the future. Can we can we talk about uh, it's time to learn darts? Probably one of the <laughs> greatest so one of the greatest songs ever written. <laughs> that one's great. Uh, the uh, how the I can't remember what it's called, but like the the get rich quick uh, video that turns into a, a, a stealth horror film is yeah. phenomenal. <laughs> um, no, like those two are just quickly uh, hit, hit. like th- their stuff has always been good, but like this year it really feels like they've just reached a whole other level, and I'm really excited to see what they do next. Yeah, all. God, so good. So, so fantastic. Um, John, what's your uh, last uh, kind of things you want to make sure you talk about? Uh, yeah, I was just going to say Soul. Okay, soul just good. Soul. Um, although, <laughs> this, is a, this is a nitpick of mine. That it, this, the movie is great. But I always have to laugh at, like, this is... <laughs> Harry Potter does this, too. Where, like, you have concrete... You, you have these characters get concrete evidence of life after death, and, like, it, it doesn't shake anybody. Mm. <laughs> like, if I, if I was Harry Potter and I showed up to, to Hogwarts and saw 
like ghosts, I'd be like, oh shit, really? Cool. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's, there's never anything like that. No one's ever like, oh no, that's all, all right, cool. Like, at least if I do die, <laughs> there's something. Just constant <laughs> screaming. You're just like, it's like four days of nothing but Harry Potter <laughs> screaming. <laughs> I'm always amazed when these people see like concrete evidence of life after death and there's no reaction whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> but obviously that is like a, a mega nitpick. The soul was incredible. It was a great, we really liked it. That's wonderful. Anything else? Um, Oh, I liked the invisible band a lot. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. That was great. I, that feels like it was 20 years ago now, yeah. but yeah. it was, it was really good. Nice. It's um, like if if that's what Universal is going to do with their horror movies moving forward, I'm I'm in. Yeah, it feels like they finally found uh, a good a, a good way to do it moving forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Anything else, Sean? Uh, no, nothing. Nothing okay. comes to mind. Um, so one of the, a few last things to clean up on my end. Um, so talking about Lindsay Ellis, uh, her and. Her friend started a new podcast. It's currently on hiatus because of everything that's going on. But um, it was a podcast called Musical Splaining. And it's uh, it's, it's, so far it's 13 episodes. And it's basically Lindsay Ellis explaining musicals to uh, to, uh, Kavi. That's how you pronounce it? I I think it's uh, Kavi. Yeah, Kavi. And um, they talk about musicals, and he does not like musicals, and she does. And that's the best way to put it. So they um, talk about Cats, the original musical, um, Frozen with Jenny Nicholson, uh, Town, Beetlejuice, Phantom of the Opera, of course, if you know Lindsay. Um, they, they go for everything from, like, they talk about Hamilton, they talk about The King and I, they talk about Rent, they talk about Love Never Dies, and... Ten whole years and all, all that stuff. Um, so I, I highly Crazy recommend it. A year, a year ago today, not today, but like a year ago, a few days ago, I was in New York with just like that massive humanity that's always in New Watch, York. Watching during, Beetlejuice. Yeah, I saw Beetlejuice, and it was like that with, massive humanity with, that was always in New York at Christmas time. Yeah, it's mm. weird to think about. Yeah, and uh, and um, yeah. That would that God, I miss <laughs> I miss shows. Um, so that I was miss little, doing literally anything. anything. <laughs> yeah, and also Ashley and Drew are at that show too, and you just yeah. never met up. <laughs> That's why well, again because there was a million and a half people in like that little area, and it was just and, like <sighs> I miss being in crowds. Mm-hmm. Like, there's uh, nothing I want more to be at like crowded Halloween horror nights right now. Yeah. Uh, other, other thing that, um, hasn't been, been brought up a lot, but I think, um, was really important this year, but I think it got lost in the pre COVID stuff was, uh, the season and series finale of the good place. Oh um, yeah. It, God, it, that it, was this year. Jesus that was, Christ. yeah, exactly. I think just, it kind of fell off and everyone stopped talking about it, which I think gives it a disservice because I actually think they nailed the landing of the show pretty Okay. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't. They did a really good job. I think um, it, it like the series never really hit what it got in season two, ever again. But that's okay. Um, but the end is beautiful in its own unique way. That um, for a long, long time, I saw people debating the ending online. Um, 
it's it's very very affecting and beautiful in a weird way and it just you know i it was just really nice and i just i just want to bring it up because i completely forgot about it i feel like most people completely forgot about it um but i think it it was done really well and it's just something that we all need to talk about more um, yeah i think i think the good place front to back is one of the best tv so, uh shows i've ever seen just mm-hmm. really i mean especially for uh, a, a network sitcom, just the way it was completely unwilling to stick to the formula of what a network sitcom is supposed to be. And uh, no, just just a phenomenal show. I totally forgot that that wrapped up this year. Uh, um, but yeah, the whole series uh, is terrific. In that season finale, I was really... <clears throat> really into it mm-hmm. it's it, it just an absolutely um i i don't want to say perfect show but it really got as close as i think i've seen a series get without just totally bungling everything um and you know they they walked out on their own um accord which i think um you know is is kind of remarkable in its own way too yeah all right i'm done you y'all done yeah yeah, yeah. i think i'm good Okay, I think we've said our piece on all that is media in 2020. <laughs> There's nothing else of media in 2020. Um, uh, well, well there, there, there is one thing. I feel like no year-end list would be complete without acknowledging the funniest thing that has happened in the history of human existence, which is Four Seasons Total Landscaping. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's a good part. Yeah, okay, yeah. Oh man, that's. I think the um, and also just gritty becoming an anti-fascist icon, I think I mean, is up there too. Yeah, it's I just, mean, as a Philadelphian, obviously, gotta love that. That's just so wonderful. <laughs> just mm, feels so good. Gritty for Secretary of Defense. <laughs> <laughs> All right, David, where can people find you online at? Uh, so I am. On Twitter, more often than I should be, uh, at David M. Doubt, uh, Doubt spelled D-A-U-T. I also, I've not written a lot in the past year, but I also have uh, a website where I have uh, some of my writing that I've, you know, posted there and around the, you know, for various outlets around the the internet, uh, at DavidMDoubt.com. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Um, Sean, where can people find you at? Joe, you know no one can find me. <laughs> I always like saying it though. I like <laughs> I like hearing your reaction your reaction to it. So like Joe, you know nobody nobody can find me. <laughs> At uh, inside the magic. Yeah, that, <laughs> <laughs> the non controversial oh, account. In, <laughs> talk about just whiffing it. Like them and attractions are just like dunk so hard it's just like oh my god you guys just stop just please stop oh um, how much how much money ricky Burgani got for that uh it's got to be a lot it's got to yeah. be a lot like i just it, but also like what's interesting is like all this like all like the second and third wave like media personalities like ricky and deb at all years and you know all that all those groups they they cashed out and they got out before all this happened so i mean good on them i guess but yeah. Anyways, you can find all of us at parkscope.net. You can find me at Parkscope Joe or Parkscope on Twitter. 
Uh, we got a bunch of good stuff coming up. I believe I've heard rumors that uh, a certain someone uh, still can't stop thinking about Galaxy's Edge for some odd reason and is going to write something about it. So I would I would pay attention to Parkscope.net and see what Alan writes about oh, Galaxy's God. Edge. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, and I still have my review I'm working on, which will eventually come out. I have a bunch of stuff. I don't know. I've... I, I need to do work, but whatever. Um, but yeah, anyways, uh, on behalf of everyone from this year, thanks for listening and putting up with us and enjoying our weird shows with Len Testa and Justin McElroy and Carly Wiesel and all sorts of fun people. David, um, Banks Lee, uh, the live reaction to the NBA shutting down and uh, the news that Tom Hanks had COVID. We did that live. <laughs> That was a crazy episode. <laughs> um, the one where I drank a whole bottle of Prosecco. And yeah, that was a good one, too. Uh, but yeah, so... Uh, now uh, we need to start our D&D podcast. Yeah, now, now, now we're going to spin <laughs> off onto our D&D podcast. So uh, on behalf of everyone, thanks for listening. And um, Sean, do you want to lead us out? Uh, I feel like Mike just, just needs to call in whenever we have this. Uh, love everybody, hate everything. Kungaloosh. Yes. Kungaloosh. And also, uh, I don't say it enough, and we may mean to say it, but also uh, Black Lives Matter, which was an important part of 2020. So always remember that. Um, yep. Yeah, and uh, we'll see you guys later. <laughs>